Hello, welcome. My name is Michelangelo White, and I am joined, as always, or will be always. <laughs> uh, I'm Charles Halbeck. Yes. This is. This is concession, concession impressions. impressions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay. So I I feel like since we don't we're not at this current yet current stage in our careers invited to early access screenings yeah um as reviewers or whatever uh we should just uh say that these are going to be spoiler heavy yeah but because they're going to come out pretty much at the same time in the movie anyway so don't watch until after you've seen the movie or before you if you want to know our opinion on if you should go see this movie uh i will just say i'll just start I think it was great. I liked it a lot. Um, it's a good time. It's definitely a good time. And I think I liked it a lot. I'm not a big horror fan. Did I ever, I'm not sure if I ever told you this. Um, I, I like horror, but I'm using air quotes because like, my favorite horror film is like John Carpenter's The Thing. And it's not really scare. It's like somewhat scary, but it's not. I wouldn't say like it's a horror in terms of like modern horror. It's a creature film. film. Yeah, and I think this one was less scary, if not the same amount of scary as Get Out, which I think was not also that scary. I think if someone wants to watch a horror film, then I'm like, oh, you should watch Get Out. Um, yeah, I feel like Get Out's like almost more of a drama than a horror at times. Like it's obviously a comedy as well, but like mm -hmm. I think it it rides the horror genre less so than like. Some, it's not a straightforward horror it's more of a like social horror drama comedy thriller more of yeah. a thriller yeah i definitely would say it leans more on the thriller yeah and so did this one yes uh, yeah sorry i thought see that's the thing i thought you were talking about this film actually because, oh i was talking about get out yeah well just to clarify. they're very similar in terms of like genre wise mm -hmm. um i mean story and there's we'll get into it but uh, yeah, I think it was a good time, and that's the non-spoiler review. I'd say hit pause there and hit play once after, you, after you watch the film. So now that you're back and you've finished watching the film, uh, so Chase, what did you immediate so impression? Should, should give like a like a short summary. Like of the film? summary, I think. Yeah. Should we? Yeah, okay. How would you summarize the film? Uh, a group of no, uh, a a group of Hollywood exiles of sorts, um, uh. <laughs> wow, that's I would not even take that approach though. I was gonna say. Well, they're all Hollywood people. A family of ranchers discover aliens, and they're trying to make money off of getting them on film. Yes, that's the to price. save their their farm horse training ranch business. Ranch, there we go. Ranch yeah. and farm. I'm not really, as you can tell, I'm a city boy, and I don't know the difference between a farm and a ranch. I'm from the Midwest, so. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so they trying to save the ranch to get a picture or the aliens on film or a picture of them, and that's the premise, and then like chaos ensues. Mm -hmm. So yeah. chaos ensues. People die gory stuff 
Eh, not super it's not gory. super gory. I actually think the trailer, well, no, the trailer didn't reveal the most gory aspects, but the trailer, I feel like, made it seem like it was going to be a lot more of a like straightforward horror horror than a thriller. Uh-huh. I think so, too. And I think mainly because the, the trailer showed a lot of, like, kind of showed actually the worst in some ways scenes mm-hmm. like the raining blood and like a lot of the creepy like night scenes and stuff like that it leaned heavily on the creepy creepy moments yeah and yeah. i think i was like wait after watching i'm like those scenes were actually kind of like the, the scariest scenes besides like that first scene when the the three alien kids <laughs> creeping into the the farm yeah that was a little creepy that kind of creeped me out i i knew that they were fake and it was gonna be like a joke but um it was still creepy nonetheless. It was. It was creepy. It was well done. I loved the the timing of it. See, that's the thing about Jordan Peele is he knows how to time things well for comedy and also horror needs timing as well. And so he has that on lock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of his films thus far show that too, mm-hmm. right? Even Us and Get Out. Um, yeah, he balances horror and comedy so this movie we also watched it in imax yes what do you think of the imax aspect of it should people watch it in imax should people just watch it standard i think imax helps a lot Uh, especially for the alien abduction type scenes Um, which were specifically in like full imax resolution which i thought was interesting you like can't look away because it could be coming at any angle yeah and uh it's, it fills your whole vision um and it, the, you know, that's what imax is supposed to do that's why it's called imax oh interesting i didn't even make that connection <laughs> wait so okay did you find yourself like in those scenes when the aliens around and they, it goes full screen i was like even turning my head to look in the corners because i i felt like oh it's gonna come out of one of these corners and i wanted to prepare myself and I was like, kept looking around the entire movie theater almost as if it's gonna pop out and scare me, um, which was kind of was kind of fun, I think, in, in IMAX to do. This movie makes you terrified of clouds. Yeah, right. Now I'm gonna look at my clouds, and Never if one's not moving, way. then I'm gonna run away or something. <laughs> exactly. Can we talk about the alien for a second? Because the alien was so unique, actually, compared uh-huh. to what a lot of other alien spaceship abduction kind of movies have done in the past yeah because instead of this i don't know if you want to reveal it it's like a octopus it's well yeah it's, it's like a space a, octopus it's like a space floating octopus like so, from star wars or something yeah kind of well star wars have space whales but yeah i don't know if they have space space octopi so it kind of reminded me of the uh i can't remember what it's called the cloud beast in the fantastic beast movies but it looks like a like a floating bag underwater but the thing that i think is so interesting Mm -hmm. about it is that unlike uh most alien movies where you have the ship and then you have the aliens who are separate from the ship and there's kind of this battle between the aliens and the humans and then usually there's some kind of some kind of battle where the humans kind of take over the technology yeah. of the aliens. Like, I, I'm like Independence thinking Day? of like Independence Day, yeah. yeah, where they use the ship to go to the mothership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or think of like uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where there's just 
interacting with this future advanced technology. That's not what this is about at all. There's yeah. no, there's almost no like future advanced technology. It's just an animal. The ship is an animal. Yeah, which I actually thought during the movie, like that's a really I've never I feel like I've never at least I've never seen. I don't know if it's been done before or not, but I've never seen an alien movie where the the ship itself is like a creature, which I think is a really cool take on it. I, I do like it. Very cool. And I think it's like it's scary because it's like how do you kill a huge beast that's like literally flying silently in the air and can just suck you up off the ground um apparently with a giant balloon boy i guess so if it's dead spoiler obviously (laughs) spoiled everything else so far but um watch this after we already told you (laughs) um yeah no but okay that that was actually it was cool but i i will say that it was maybe one of the biggest flaws in, in the movie as of the movie as well in terms of like it, it didn't make sense a little bit because in every other scene where like the alien where people look at the alien there's like the whole idea of like oh don't look a predator in the eye it'll attack you and it, you see like in everyone in that stadium looked at it and it immediately ate all of them right but how come like at the end when the brother and sister were like taking turns looking at it so they were polar opposites i guess so like it had to choose between it and it couldn't choose either one also like why at that moment did it turn into that different form and shoot its like little green like psychedelic yeah, like follow cool. me kind of, it was cool it was a really cool design but like it kind of didn't make sense because it never happened any other time in the film. I felt like that was like some like weird alien sensory organ that we just don't fully understand. I thought it was like um, you know that fish under the water. I forget what it's called. Oh yeah, where the it dangles the like the fish? light. Is that yeah. What it's called? Um, yeah, like in Finding Nemo, it, mm-hmm. it dangles the light and then it like you know hypnotizes you and then it'll eat you. Right. I th- I imagine that's what it was. I don't. So that was my other thing was gonna be like. Steven, oh wait, man, his last name, Yuen, Yuen. I think he's, like, underutilized, I want to say. Like, I, his story yeah. kind of just, like, I was hoping that in that scene where everyone dies, he somehow survived, because it seemed like he interacted with it before and survived. So I was like, oh, maybe he's going to come around and stick around for the, like, last act and, like, somehow be a part of the end or, you know, be be like the horror trope of like oh when i was a kid i i i stared death in the eye so i'm gonna like stare death in the eye right now and like help you or do something you know but his like story kind of just cut short and i kind of had more questions than answers for his entire arc yeah i felt like that horror trope also applies somewhat to the cinematographer character um who like literally sacrifices himself to get like live footage of being eaten and we kind of get a little brief glimpse of it, but I really wanted it to be like found at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of like, there, there were a couple of times where I felt like there was like a beginning of an idea and then it doesn't totally follow through. I, I think the, the movie sets up a few times that they're gonna have footage uh, that they're gonna capture and then uh, deliver this to Oprah. And we never really get that that payoff at the end where they get to like do that. All we get right? is a, is a um, uh, a Polaroid picture. Uh-huh. 
I was hoping that there was either like going to be a post credits or a, a during the credits or like a last minute of like they're at with Oprah and then you see the footage or even like not even with Oprah but just like them just playing clips of because they they got a lot of footage at the end like they well, we see know, we it, it, I feel like it's kind of implied that the footage got sucked up into the alien but I don't know but that's where it, like. Yeah, but it seems like the alien doesn't eat anything that's not um, biological. Because that's why it was having issues with the, like, fake horse and the um, string. And then, so I thought, like, oh, it's going to it's gonna spit out the camera at some point, And we're going to see how it devours its victims. And that's going to give us the final thing we need, the final key piece we need to kill it. You know, or something like that. Um, but we didn't really, we didn't really get that. <laughs> it just kind of, it kind of is a little... Um, it feels a little rushed, actually, which I don't know if that might be the case because it was made during COVID. Um, and it is clearly like there's only like five actors for the majority of the film. So I could see that it like maybe yeah. got rushed due to circumstances because uh, some of these things felt like they were shot with a key. Um, purpose in mind and then they just didn't go anywhere but the the main thing though the like the thing that this film absolutely delivers on mm-hmm. is making this like alien presence very threatening and very like scary in a way that it's thrilling yeah because it true. feels like you're just being hunted the entire time which is yeah i did like it but i, I really enjoyed it and I think it was a, a good film overall. I, I think so as well. I think it was pretty good. I think it's 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 not what you would expect from a Jordan Peele film if you expect something like vaguely mm-hmm. more political. Yes, I was going to say you're wrong. That before watching this film, you were saying that it was not going to be an alien. But yeah, it was, that was my theory. That, that was my it, guess. It was going to be some kind of like a uh, government thing, and it was going to mm-hmm. be talking and have some kind of moral, kind of like government kind of mm-hmm. like message kind of about it. Kind of like his other films have some what of like a, a a deeper meaning behind it. I think this movie didn't really have a deeper meaning. This one's too just much. a crowd pleaser. Yeah, and I think the, it's a popcorn flick. So I have one thing before we get to okay. rating it. Do you think this is going to be a franchise? Because that's what I kept hearing people talk about. Um, is people were like, "This is this is uh, Get Out, or this is Jordan Peele's uh, uh, franchise, like Jaws. It's going to be five of them, and there's going to be like, you know, the next one's going to have like the aliens coming back or something, and then these same characters dealing with it or something. I don't know. No, I don't think that. Nope, would be my answer to nope. that one. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Because they've literally built the the uh, the, uh, the set as a permanent oh that's backdrop. true they it was just funny because we're at Universal Studios like right now right now that's where we watch the film and there is currently a like you can walk through the set because they built it here on the back lot in specifically Hollywood. Jupiter's Claim yes the the ranch that. Steven Yoon's character um, owns. Yeah. Which is based off, I guess, a show that he was a part of. It's definitely drawing from a very strong Hollywood tradition, is what we're saying. I think uh, 
it it somewhat fails if you can even call it that i just think it's not interested in that on character development because it doesn't really have very much and it doesn't really set up the characters in that interesting of a way they're just kind of character tropes almost uh-huh. but they are acted wonderfully yeah and um even that just like i would say even like dressy park or something where yeah. i feel like even i don't think there's a huge character development with a lot of the characters but I think they're done well, and at the end of the day, you would still enjoy it. Like, you would rewatch Jurassic Park, and you would still really enjoy the movie. I think you could rewatch this film, and you'd still enjoy it for. It nails the thriller. Movie. Yeah, it would be a great thriller movie to come back Which to. Which are the best movies on rewatch? Yeah, sure. It is. It's just, this is just a truth, true fact. Okay. Thrillers are one of the few movies that I think. Cause I, I'm not a big movie rewatcher, which is terrible for me to say, I know, but like, I have to really like the movie for it to be enjoyable to rewatch because I usually kind of just remember everything. But the. Uh, <laughs> Lucky. I don't remember everything. <laughs> my, my movie memory is pretty decent. But the uh, thrillers are the ones where it just like takes over because my focus is drawn specifically on, on like a primal instinct. And uh-huh. so even if it's like a shitty thriller, I can still enjoy it immensely. And I'm not saying that this is a shitty thriller. It's not. This is a great thriller. But yeah. like even shitty thrillers, I can enjoy on rewatch. Yeah, I think it, it's a great film. I think it has rewatchability. I don't know if it's like mind-blowingly going to be winning like tons of Oscars or... I don't think so either. Winning Maybe a lot technical, of accolades. But I don't even but know if technical ones it'll win, really. Maybe like acting or supporting i don't know but like maybe like original screenplay (laughs) possibly possibly but like i don't know it's 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 kind of like that's gonna be like a i would be surprised if it won a lot of stuff so then wrapping up then this show is called concession impressions tentatively maybe we'll change it i don't know but i think (laughs) so far it's gonna be concession impressions um we're gonna rank it um off of from one out of four concessions one concession snacks snacks so going from the worst concession snack to the best concession snack uh the worst being i kind of forgot actually what the, the raisinets raisinets was the, this was the, the worst. worst then it was hot, hot dogs, dogs as the second, second worst. worst so like it's watchable but like like not great hot dogs are good i will say i do like a hot dog especially in a movie but i would say that i'd They're always just not satisfied yeah i would finish the hot dog by the by the time the previews are done and the movie i'm just like left snackless mm-hmm. and i think it's that's what it is it's like a little bit better than raisinets but it's still it it doesn't really do much for the rest of the film you know it doesn't really do much uh, the next one, the second best, is popcorn, popcorn. Which this might be the most controversial pick for us because we did some research and a lot of people rank popcorn as the best movie food, and we understand why. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's go to, it's a classic, exactly. And it's versatile. It's it's a overall like a good popcorn. I mean, a good snack. It's a good See, movie theater a, snack. Popcorn's great. It keeps you entertained the whole time. You can you know, eat it throughout the whole film. Exactly. Share it with friends and family. It never disappoints, Add but flavors. it never really amazes either. Yeah, yeah. It's like people can just be like, ah, I 
don't really need popcorn. I, yeah. If it's an event, you know, yeah, I love popcorn. Um, but it's no match for the best snack, peanut M&M's. Peanut M&M's, by far, yeah. are the prime theater snack. And I will have no disagreements. Yeah. You can stop watching now if you disagree. <laughs> peanut M&M's, I think, are just the best snack in general. You get like a crunch. You get like a little bit different flavors you know it's something that can last throughout the whole film it's just perfection yes that, that's all yes exactly <laughs> so if you were to rank it from raisinets to peanut m&ms where would you rank it i think i would rank nope as popcorn uh-huh. it is worth watching it is worth enjoying but it's not a revelation it's not it's not as great as peanut m&ms you know peanut m&ms just make your day better interesting i I don't know if this like rocked my world like a peanut (laughs) m&m you know what i'm gonna get real sexual (laughs) i'm gonna have to disagree with you though i actually would rank this a peanut m&m interesting because all the other films i've watched recently that came out in theaters I would say have been popcorn at most. Most of them have been Raisinets. Been a lot of Raisinette films this year. And I think this is the first film that I want to see a second time. I just know that when I left the theater, I didn't feel myself thinking anything in particular or like left with any like interesting message. Like like for instance, like Get Out, I think leaves you with a really interesting impression after you watch it. And that is what makes it such a great peanut M&M film. As opposed to this film, I think, is just much more broad. Not a bad way, just that it is, it's, it's a mass audience appeal uh-huh. type film. Which I'm so happy for Jordan Peele that he is not only able to make a mass audience appeal, that I think people will let him make mass audience appeal films. Okay. you know, I think... For a minute there, he was kind of getting labeled as like the new M. Night Shyamalan. I did really like it. And I think it's worth, it's like maybe just barely reaching the peanut M&M level for me. But I think it it is, I would still classify it from watching it. My first impression it is a peanut M&M film for me. Perfect. Okay. So that is our concession impression Impressions. of, nope, go see it in theaters. It's out right now. Yeah, depending um, on where you listen to it. It could also be streaming somewhere or on... I'm uh, sure eventually. Buy it at a store. It's definitely worth the watch. I think it'll be a lot of people's favorite film of the year because I think a lot of people need an escape, and this is pure escapist. Yeah. Well, not pure escapist, but it's more escapist than you would expect, at least I was expecting, from a Jordan Peele film. Uh, I was off on, like, it was going to be some big anti-war military is bad film. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know where I was going. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> film. It Watch it. And yeah, that's kind of it. That wraps up um, our concession impressions of the movie Note. Awesome. All right. Till next week. We'll see you there, I guess. Not really, but we'll. Till next time. Bye. Well, what did it say at, at the thing? You can't stay here. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you, 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 you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, uh.
Thanks for listening to Concession Impressions. The show is hosted and produced by Charles Helbeck and myself, Michelangelo White. This episode's intro and outro was created by Joe Part. The show's logo was done by the fabulous Yumi White. And the editing for this episode was done by myself. Also, the fish I was talking about earlier in the episode is called an angler fish, just in case anyone's wondering. Well, anyways, that's all for today. Catch you on the next one.